0: The scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the human one has been glorified, and God has glorified in him, has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but, at, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I am going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must also love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, friends, again. Yeah, good that response. You guys are learning. I'm proud. Um, so if you don't really know me yet, uh, one thing you will learn is I love to ask questions. I love asking everyone questions. I love asking our young people, our kids, our students. They're so smart and you can learn a lot from them. It's fascinating to see how their creative minds are working and how they're always processing new information. And it's just fun getting to see the world in their lens. Also, if I'm getting to know someone for the first time, a one-on-one, I will often say, so tell me your life story because you learn so much about a person just knowing more about their life. In school, I was always that person who was either in class early or stayed late to ask the professor questions, either clarifying questions to make sure I got the assignment right or maybe something sparked a deeper interest in the lecture and I wanted more information. So when I was first reading over my notes and my highlights and my questions for this text, I noticed I kept asking the same question about these five verses, just sort of worded a little differently each time. Questions and how we ask the questions and how they're worded is just as important as the answer. And I came to this conclusion because depending on how I worded the question, I came up with a different answer to essentially the same question. None of the answers were wrong, and I was configuring the answers through different questions, so that's why I got a different answer every time. So now that you've gotten this whole lecture on questions and the importance of asking questions, do you want to know what my question was? Great, thank you for asking. I'd love to tell you. Why is this gospel text in the Easter season? The question... The way this question is asked, I could answer it in a very matter-of-fact way. Well, in the lectionary, you have year A, B, and C, and we're currently on C, and the Gospel of John is sprinkled throughout all three years, with year C being during Easter and Lent. That's an okay answer. It's correct. I could move on. But that's not really satisfying. It's like when you ask someone a question and they're just gonna give you a one word or one short response. So when I asked the question again in my notes, I worded it a little differently. I said, why are we backtracking and getting this text in the lectionary in the Easter season? Knowing some historical context gives a little bit of a fuller response. Well, this was a community threatened by division and lack of trust. So John shows up in the Easter season to focus on how to be the church. This me- the message is love one another. This is how we remain connected, and love is fundamental. We see that all throughout Scripture, Jesus loving us, us loving Jesus, and loving one another, and that's how we're all connected. That's a decent response gives you a little more history and some theological perspective. Again, not wrong. But I really wouldn't call that thought-provoking. Now, I'm going to reword that question one more time and say, what about the resurrection life needs to be in focus now? That question, to me, provokes some deeper response. So I want that to be our focus. I want that to marinate in your minds as we review our text today. One of the biggest things to note here is this text is sandwiched between two heartbreaking betrayals. In verses 21 through 30 is the announcement of the betrayal of Judas. And then in verse 37, Peter asks Jesus, Lord, why can't I follow you? I would give my life for you. And Jesus is like, oh yeah? You'd give your life for me, huh? Well, I assure you, you're gonna go deny me three times when the rooster crows. So I don't know about that, but okay. Well, on the subject of disciples, not understanding what the heck is going on and why they can't go with Jesus, it's important to note here that this is a lot to take in for the disciples. They have followed their teacher everywhere for three years. They left everything to follow Jesus. This news completely flipped their lives upside down. So all the questions and complete confusion made total sense. I think it's easy to get annoyed with the disciples as an outsider looking in, feeling like they're just missing the point that Jesus was trying to convey to them. But it's easy for us to say that thousands of years later, knowing what's gonna go down. It's good to try to empathize with them. I can't even imagine how scared they must have felt. Having Jesus with them gave them this sense of love and acceptance and purpose to then Jesus saying, this is our last tonight together in the way that we normally spend time together. I'm leaving you, you can't come with me. No real warning, no long transition time. This is it. Our lives will look vastly different from here on out. Now, Jesus knows his time is running out. Once Jesus left, it's set in place, and Jesus knew that his time was a ticking time bomb. He spent the rest of his time before his arrest with his disciples, telling them everything they need to know. It would have been 100% justifiable once Jesus once Judas left, to vent about him. Jesus could have been talking about how wrong it was for Judas to betray him, be hurt, be angry about it. But instead, Jesus couldn't be more Jesus. He said, go love one another as I have loved you. He didn't exclude that love from Judas, nor Peter, who was about to, deny him three times. The glory that God has gotten and will be receiving is all about loving each other. To be in the presence of God is to be in the presence of love. And Jesus gives this new commandment to his followers to join in this glory of love. Also, it's not really a new commandment in a sense that This is something they've never heard before, and it's just a whole new way of thinking. It's just that all the commandments before was mainly Jesus speaking about believing in him. But now Jesus reminds, kind of nudges, and wants to have them consider their reality. Knowing that you are loved by God will be seen in your ability to love others. The goal, the kind of agenda, if you will, is love will be the defining characteristic of those who are claiming to be followers of Christ. Being known for love isn't just about pleasing God, but it's making God known. All the glory being noticed with a clear praise, a good reputation, a reputation is built in a large sum of people coming to an agreement about a certain person, place, thing, event. The goal was it would be more clear who, who loved God based on how they treated others in hopes that that would build momentum by others wanting to experience that kind of love as well. This made me go back and think uh, a couple years ago, back in 2018, probably don't need to say a lot about that year in detail. We all know what was happening in our country. It was a rough year. And during worship at my church, we started singing the old hymn, They'll Know We Are Christians. If you're not familiar with that song, I'll read a couple of the lyrics. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. We will guard each person's dignity to save each other's pride. Yes, they will know we are Christians by our love. I couldn't sing it. I had big emotions and feelings. And I stood there, and I cried. I wasn't even trying to actively protest the song, is that my body wouldn't let those words come out. There was too much pain, too much grief, and too much rawness, and I couldn't do it. And I think it's okay that I couldn't sing that song that morning. God still met me in that space. Our Creator understood. But I also think that God didn't want me to be stuck there Because what part about the resurrection life needs to be in focus now? It was important, and it's still important, to figure out how to have love, not look abstract. I didn't want to just flippantly tell people, I love you, love you, so flippantly to people, and there'd be no authenticity there. So how do you love each other in the way that God loved us, that brings God glory? Well, it's kind of a relief that our love towards one another is supposed to be in the way Jesus loved us and to bring God glory because that means the fake, ingenuine love doesn't count. Great, off the hook from being fake. What a relief. we have not enjoyed that. So now what? Well, we know that God is love and that with God loving us and creating us is an act of love. Therefore, God is in us. And if I see the God in you and you see the God in me that helps soften our hearts a little bit. We didn't have to do anything to gain God's love for us. So why do we think others would have to jump through all these hoops to gain your love and acceptance? I'm going to say that again. Why We didn't have to do anything to gain God's love for us. So why do we think that we would have to have others jump through all these hoops to gain love and acceptance? Sorry, not sorry. Just saying that. Now, I do want to make a clear point and say, loving someone does not mean they have to be your best friend. You can love someone authentically and also have some boundaries. just think that should be said. But when we see God in other people, it makes you want to help them if they're in need. It makes you want to show compassion. It makes you want to listen to their pain and have empathy. It makes you want to protect them against injustice that's coming their way. Friends, we're going to mess this up regularly. But it's not a good reason not to try and to retry every day. Sometimes we're going to kill it but that doesn't give us a pass to not try the next day. And it's Not an impossible commandment, but it's a challenging one depending on the day, and that's okay. The important piece is to not give up. So what about the resurrection life needs to be in focus now? Well, how I would answer that question now is learning, remembering, relearning, to see and to acknowledge and to love the God that's in you. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for you being here. We thank you so much for the gift of curiosity and asking questions. And God, I pray that you help us to see the God in each other. Uh, Sometimes that's a challenge, sometimes that's a struggle, but we pray for grace in that, and that you will help us, and you will guide us and remind us every day. In your precious name, amen.